This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. So this is going to be a very special episode, a very special Christmas episode of my favorites. Has nothing to do with Christmas, though. It's just coming out around Christmas. But a lot of times it seems like just fun. Hey, I'm going to write a list of my 10 favorite sitcoms. I'm going to write a list of my 10 favorite heroes or my 10 favorite entrepreneurs, my 10 favorite movies or chess openings or whatever. But two things are important about each one of these episodes. One is what lessons, why are they your favorites? It can't just be because I like it. It's important to like learn lessons from the content you consume. If Barack Obama's your hero or if uh, Richard Nixon's your hero or if Neil Armstrong's your hero or Sarah Blakely's your hero. Why? What did they do that really made you think, oh, that's like a compass needle that I can start moving my life towards. I've never seen anybody do like what Sarah Blakely did. I love this aspect of her, so I'm going to start moving my life in that direction. I never saw anybody do that before. So what's the lessons? You know, I'll give you an example. One of my favorite movies is Schindler's List. If you haven't seen it, I'll just talk about the very beginning scene. So there's no spoilers, but Liam Neeson, who's playing Oscar Schindler, World War II is about to start. He's doing nothing in life. He's a failed entrepreneur. He's a failed businessman, but he knows with war, there's opportunity. So he has just little packets of money around his dirty, grubby apartment. He gets all his money together. He buys the fanciest suit he could think of. He takes all his money. He goes out to the the big restaurant where he knows all the German top generals are partying and he just charms and he, he, he acts like a rich industrialist and he charms everyone and he finds, you know, women for everyone and he takes tons of pictures for everyone and, and he spends all of his money and the next day he sends thank you notes to everyone and then when it's time to bid for which company will make the bullets for the German army, he is selected. So... I saw this movie and whenever it came out, 1992, 1993, that was a lesson for me, which is that, you know, of course there are much deeper, darker lessons in that movie, but just on the business side, I didn't realize business was not just about having the best product or having the most skills or having money in advance. The lesson was that business is about how you uh, find out who the decision makers are and how do you charm them and win them over and, and so on. So that was one lesson among many from Schindler's List. This episode's not about Schindler's List, by the way, but it's just an example. Another another lesson from that was Steven Spielberg that year put out two movies, Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. And I remember thinking when I watch, was watching Schindler's List, like, how did this guy do such two... I never actually have seen Jurassic Park, so I, I can't say if it's good or bad, but I know it made an enormous amount of money and, and lots of uh, people loved it. But how did this guy make such two amazingly successful movies in one year? And it showed me that creativity might not have anything to do with quantity. Maybe you get quality from quantity. And maybe it was important for him to make uh, two hugely successful movies. And he outsourced a lot of the things that he didn't want to do, for instance, uh, and that's how he was able to do it. But anyway, this is not about Schindler's List, but Schindler's List is on my list of my favorite movies, so it made me um, think about that, and I'll discuss my favorite movies maybe on the the next episode and, and the lessons I've learned from it. But just because something's your favorites, maybe you can actually switch careers. 
like, and you th you could think to yourself, oh no, I can't switch careers. I'm I'm 45. I've been a lawyer all my life. I've been an accountant all my life. I've been a plumber all my life. Whatever you've been, and even though I'm kind of tired of it right now, being a plumber or whatever, uh, I can't really quit now. This is where I built a career and so on. But it's important to realize there is a roadmap. There is a path to take a list of things that are your favorites and turn it into a new career for yourself. Even if you make a dumb list, my, my favorite sitcoms, my favorite toys, my favorite games, there is always some way to analyze it so that you can either be more successful in an area closely related to your list of favorite whatever, or even monetize it. And so this episode, it's complementary with the series, My Favorite Things, because I'm going to talk about that no matter what your interest is, no matter what your passion is, no matter how old you are, no matter what degree of success you want, how can you analyze what is success in your, your, uh, what does success mean in a new industry, no matter what that industry is? And how do you break it down to find success in that industry? However you define success. And when you break it down this way, you may decide, okay, I don't want to do this, but maybe I can combine this with this breakdown with a breakdown in another industry, combine my interests. I know this is getting a little vague. Wait for the podcast. This started off, uh, Jay and I were talking about what success is. And uh, we started talking about, do you mean success as a person or success in a career? We broke it down. And then at that point, without me knowing, I was just lecturing in my usual way, Jay, the young Padawan, Jay Yao, and uh, he hit record. And so before I knew it, we had an entire podcast that uh, we were recording. So kudos to Jay for being a successful producer, moving up from being an already successful audio engineer. And here we go, which is how to find success no matter what your interest is. would make $10, $100, $200, but it's not like I did comedy for the money. So right. success is you get to perform more. You, you get people to laugh. You understand comedy more success in chess is as if you win games success in. Um, yeah. See like that success in general thing. Right. But what is success in life? Which is, which is, which is like people like always think about like, 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 okay. If you have a billion dollars, like Jeff Bezos, like to outsider, Views, yeah, he is successful, but like, do you think he really think he is successful himself? I don't know. Like, is Tony Shi was Tony Shi successful? Oh, he did pass away, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of in a bad situation. Right. Um, I don't know. I think, well, which is weird because I, like, I never heard about him before until he passed away. So, like, do you consider that successful? So you're saying famous successful? I don't know. That that's why I've been thinking. Like successful, do you have to be famous successful, or do you like is successful just a self fulfillment? Like what's how to define successful? So let's say if your parents like right, I'm I'm Asian, right? I'm Chinese, right? So like like naturally, my mom always when I was younger, my mom's always like, hey, you have to be doctor, you have to be lawyer, you have to be engineer, you know, so you can be successful in life. So let's say if I'm a doctor and lawyer and and uh, engineer right now, am I? really successful myself. You know what I mean? 
even though if I'm happy, right, but does that consider it successful? Yeah, I think if you're if you're in general pretty happy, I think that's success. Like, do you consider yourself successful right now? Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty successful. Right. Because uh, most things I do, I you know, but sometimes I'm unhappy. Success doesn't mean like happy all the time. Right. But then you kind of learn. You have to learn. I guess the thing, success is being also being able to learn from every disappointment or every failure. Right. Oh, and oh, do you think success has like a flexible definition? Like, Absolutely. Oh, okay. So let's say I've done this. I'm successful right now. And then I'm just on to the new thing to feel successful again. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you a question. Like, what's the difference between you being successful and also being you being a successful audio engineer? So successful audio engineer, how can you measure it? Well, you can measure it by three ways, it seems. Money, how much money you make. Right. Um, how important or famous are the clients you have. Right. So like if, if someone who can get any, if someone, and the reason I say that is because if someone's a famous musician, he can get any or she can get any audio engineer they want. And if they choose you, then, right. you know, it, if your quality of your clients is going up, that's kind of a success, even if your money yep. is not going up. Right, right. A and uh, you can also be a successful audio engineer if you have more skills than other audio engineers. So I imagine there's lots of skills in audio right, engineering. Right, right, for sure, yeah. So yeah. ranging from all the equipment, all the software, and then just your ability to hear different shades of sounds, maybe even your music ability, right. and, and and so on. So there's... So that's three ways of being successful. So how do you how do you judge if you're a successful audio engineer? Right. Well, I mean, like, I felt like the quality of clients is probably more important, right? Because like it's something that you can show to other people. Like you you can't necessarily show like you know your money and stuff. You know, why if why if I have money, but like I just don't really like to spend on like expensive things, right? That doesn't seem like success because then your success relies on what other people think of you. So you're, yes. so you're outsourcing your success, your your feelings of success to other people who may or may not give a shit. Right. So like so so do you think winning an award considers being successful? When I say are your clients famous, that's sort of like recognition of your peers in such a right. way that um you know it's true because they're actually hiring you. Okay. Right. They don't just say, Hey, you're great, which is that that seems a lower success than if they say, Hey, can you work with me on my next album? Right? Right, right, right. right. So an award is just like some group of people saying, Hey, you're great, but it might even be a lot of people. It might be a vote. It might right, be a lot right, of people. Right, right. But it still doesn't mean like let's say someone wins the Oscar for best picture, but for some reason no studio ever hires them again. Or or nobody ever talks about their movies. Right. Maybe they just got the award because who knows reason why, but then nobody really liked them after that. Right. Or here's another question. Is Woody Allen successful? So Woody Allen now is kind of, you know, sort of ostracized because of scandal. Whether the scandal's true or not, you know, there's two sides that we've heard and it's hard to know what to believe. But he won't be hired in Hollywood anymore. So that means he's not success, even though he's made I don't know, 30 movies and they were right. almost all successes. You know, his skill, he certainly had the skills. So maybe right. here's a way to look at it. There's skills, domain, field. So to be successful in some, and then by the way, this is nothing to do with success personally. This is to be successful at X. 
Okay, so it's like in in a specific yeah. So let's take audio engineering, or let's take podcasting, or let's take writing, or let's take business. And and there's a difference between success. I am successful, and I am a successful X. I'm a successful writer, comedian, right. entrepreneur, whatever. So there's a difference between the two. So let's separate them out for a second, and maybe they aren't different, but let's just see. So to be successful at something, right, you have to be a success at the skills of that something. You have to be a success in the domain, and you have to right. be a success in the field. Right. So let's say comedy. You're successful at comedy if you have skills, domain, field. So the skills of comedy are, you know, you have to have a sense of humor, be good with a crowd. You have to be good at handling hecklers, moving around on the stage, being likable on the stage, and a bunch of other things. So that's the skills. You're successful right. at the skills of comedy is if. You you have all of those things, but like, how do you recognize it? Like, so I felt like, like I felt like, like let's say the skill, right? So like, let's say if you're doing comedy for so long and this is the only thing that you write, you're sort of inside that square now. You can't really see outside the square. You know what I mean? You don't really know how. Well, that's why that's why with acting is one thing, but with comedy is another because there's a very simple metric: is that uh, are people laughing? Ah, so when you begin comedy. You might not have some of the skills. Like maybe you have a great sense of humor, but you're not good with crowd work. With some crowds, you might get everybody laughing, but with other crowds, they need to be talked to a little bit in order to right. warm up. And if you're not good at that, you might bomb. You might not do well. Nobody will laugh. Right. Or if you're not good at likability, like if they, if you go on stage and and you're kind of like bragging about yourself, unless they sort of appreciate that. They're not going to really like you. You're not likable. Right, right, you know, right. you have to be self-deprecating a little bit in in comedy. So these are the skills of comedy, and it can be measured somewhat by success. Now, some people say a metric for success in comedy is laughs per minute, and you know you should right. try to get a laugh every fifteen seconds, so four laughs per minute. But you know, some comedians are like that. Some aren't. Like Dave Chappelle is not really a laughs per second guy, but one would say he's got the skills because his jokes are very. Funny and he's very interesting and he tells stories, so that's why it's a little bit longer between each laugh. He's not like a one-liner kind of guy, right? I wonder if the metric also include like after after that, uh, you know, that the show, the people feel satisfied. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's part of the skills. I think if you say something interesting, that's also funny, then they'll remember it. Like right. so, if Louis C.K. you know has a a, a joke. Where you and I were kind of talking about this yesterday, but it came from a right. Louis C.K. joke. Louis C.K. has this joke where he said the Christians won, and people yell out "No, no!" And he's like, "Listen, what year is it?" And you right. know, it's twenty twenty, and like twenty twenty years after what? And someone yells out "Christ," and then Louis C.K. yells "Christ, yeah, Christ!" So he just goes into this whole thing. So he's saying something interesting. That the Christian religion won the planet, right. <laughs> even though you know, like even the Muslims consider and the Jews consider this year, and Buddhists, like Buddhists who have no idea, they didn't know uh, who Jesus was a thousand years ago. The, uh, they consider the year twenty twenty because yeah. it's two thousand twenty years after Christ was born. Right, so, right, right. so this is an interesting observation. So you're more likely to remember an interesting observation. Right. Uh, uh, so, uh, and you know, Louis C.K. makes these funny faces. He acts out, you know, and does voices in his jokes. He has an, an element of absurdism. So he has all these skills. Like you could see, he works with the crowd. He he 
moves around the stage in an interesting way. You know, Dave Chappelle does interesting things with the microphone, like he hits his knee sometimes right, right. Uh, to, to kind of signal to people to laugh. And uh, uh, so there's all these skills. But the, so remember, it's skills, domain, field. Domain. So, so that's the skills. Now, what's the domain? You could be a really funny comedian, but nobody will ever know who you are. So the domain is, well, how do you get someone to book a gig? You have to be able to know how the domain works. Like, okay, first I'm going to do open mics. Then I'm going to try to impress some managers and some bookers. Then eventually get on stage. The domain is sort of like, what are the basics you need to do to get on stage and performing? Because that's a different right. skill than actually being a good comedian. Being able to know, you know, know how to impress a booker or a manager is is the domain of comedy. Right. So domain is not... So the, the difference between domain and skill is that domain is an external skill. Right. Like how to like networking and all that stuff. But it still helps you because you got to know how to um, get on stage. Right. And you have to know maybe afterwards you say hello to the audience and, um, you know, or in podcasting, the domain might be what kind of guests am I booking? Like part of being a good podcaster is knowing what books are coming out next month so I can call up those authors right. and get them on my podcast. That's like the domain. And then there's the field of something. So the field of comedy or the field of podcasting and the field of writing. Being a good writer might mean telling a good story, understanding like a, a, a how to write a page-turning plot. And the domain might be, well, I could write novels, I could write short stories, I could write right. screenplays. And then there's the field. The field might be, well, here are the top agents. Here are the top publishing companies. Here's the New York Times bestseller list. With comedy, okay, here are all the clubs in this city. I'm going to get to know all the owners. Here's the comedians that are the best, and I should try to you know emulate their careers a little bit, at least in the beginning. With podcasting, uh. the field might be, here's all the podcasting networks. Here's, here's Apple iTunes. I should keep track of my chart ranking and right. see how I can up my chart ranking. Um, here's the latest deals in the podcasting space. Like, oh, the, this podcasting company was bought. So, uh, with, with writing, the field is, oh, I, I just said it's like publishers and agents. With comedy, the field is, uh, you know, it might be, oh, I need to get on Comedy Central or right, Stephen right, Colbert right. or, you know, like I said, a Netflix special. With entrepreneurship, the field might be, okay, so, so the skills of entrepreneurship are coming up with an idea. How do you execute on that idea? hire the right people, do marketing of your idea once it's built. The domain, now that I'm an entrepreneur, I need to incorporate my business. I need to get a place where everyone's going to work. I need to come with a business plan and, and show how much money I'm going to spend and, right, and, right. and so on. And the field is, well, what companies acquire a company like mine? Or what companies can I do distribution deals with? Or right. what, where's, who, how do you contact all the venture capitalists? So, and you have to be good at all three things to be successful in any field. So audio engineer, what's the skills? So the skills would be like, you know, like the, the audio equipment and, you know, recognize, the, like, like I said, recognize the sound, being able to record. I think what's more important is being able to identify what the clients sell. You know what I mean? So let's yeah. say if I'm working with Lady Gaga and this Lady Gaga's music style, or if I work with you and then this is your interview style and all that stuff. Okay, so that that's some of the skills of audio engineering. You need to know like all the equipment. You need yeah, to have the basic um, one, yeah. You need to know 
um, all the options available for you. Like if they want a certain sound, how do you right. create that sound? See, the other question is like, does the basic skill go into the skill in every field, right? Let's say in comedy, how do you make people laugh? That's sort of like the, the basic skill, right? Yeah. So like I felt like in skill, like if you incorporate basic skill, you just don't stand out in, enough than other people, you know? Right. So you have to be good to be successful. Right. You have to be good at those skills. You have to be, to be successful at X, you have to be the best or in the top 1% at skills domain field. So right. I'm assuming it's not just the basic skills that you're, you're that you're the best at, at skills. Right. Right. So now what's the domain of audio engineering? What can you do with this skill? Like you could be an audio engineer of podcasting. You could right. be for musicians. Post-productions like for, for movie and TV shows and other stuff. And also live sounds too. Right. So that's the, the domain is like all the places where you could do what right. your skills are at. And, and to be good at the domain, you have to be able to, to get into those domains. Like you have to um, know, how do I work in post-production? How do I work with, right. what's the difference between working at podcasting versus working in post-production? And then the field, it's knowing the history of audio engineering. It's knowing uh, who the best audio engineers were. Like, so you could right. emulate their career, maybe where you want to work. Like you're in New York city. Uh, where's the best place to work? Where Who are the best clients? Like who regularly hires uh, uh, good audio engineers? The best clients are James Autocher. Yes. So you, <laughs> you have to know that to, to be the best, truly the best audio engineer, you have to work on <laughs> James Autocher's podcast. Yep. But like you, you can't say someone's the best audio engineer if they're just sitting in, your, even if they know all the equipment and they have all the skills and they have perfect pitch and, right. and everything, you can't say they're the best audio engineer if they're just sitting in their basement and they never work. Like, right, right. So, so the best audio engineer is like, lady gaga's audio engineer and he's amazing and he has all the skills and and every now and then he also works on joe rogan's podcast like right, and, right, you know right. he could do anything so then you would say oh my god that's an amazing audio engineer um right. you know a stand-up comedian you know is, has all the you know like like let's take dave chappelle has all the skills of stand-up comedy and he can also do he could do a tv show with this he could do a, a netflix special he could just go up on stage right. and not even write any material and still be funny and in the field he can negotiate a 20 million dollar deal with netflix or he could right. uh uh get uh you know do a movie with hbo if he wants so like that's the the field is the specific opportunities right i wonder if it's I wonder if those, like the three things is transferable between, let's say like comedy to, to like uh, acting or let's say if like, like you skip the line, right? So let, let's say if you want to like do something else, I wonder if like, let, let's say if I'm an audio engineer, I wonder if I can transfer all that three, you know, skill, domain and field to other things. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. So with skills, right? let's say I want to be a good investor. Right. So first I think to myself, okay, well, I was an audio engineer and I got good at the skills. I got good at the domain and I got good at the field. How do I transfer this to investing? First skills. Okay. With audio engineering, when I think about if I'm good at the skills, I think, okay, am I really good with the equipment, a good sense of pitch and, and sound? Am I creative at coming up with new interesting sounds for that right. fit the style of the person I'm working with? And so there's all these sub skills. So in entrepreneurship, the first thing I do is I sit down and say, well, what? What are the sub skills of entrepreneurship? And like I said before, it's coming up with an idea. It's executing on the idea. It's hiring the right people. Maybe it's raising money. Maybe it's uh, marketing. Maybe it's being able to sell a company. So those are the skills. So I need to learn those. And so, so coming up with ideas, oh, this guy, James Altucher says, write 10 ideas a day and you get more and more creative. 
maybe I need to learn. Uh, I want to be an entrepreneur in podcasting. So uh, I need to study the skills of podcasting too, to, to learn about podcasting, or I need to learn how to execute. Well, maybe I need then to learn a little bit more about programming or how to hire programmers. Right. And I need to know, learn how to be persuasive. So I'll read some books on persuasion. You're transferring because you know what you need to do. You need to um, list the sub skills and then come up with a plan to get good at each sub skill. And then the domain, what kind of programming language I should use if I'm making a software product. Just like in the audio engineering, being good at the domain means you need to know all the potential things you can do and how to do them. So I could be a small entrepreneur, a big entrepreneur. I could say, well, Larry Page has Sergey Brin, uh, Steve Jobs has Steve Wozniak, maybe I right. need a partner. So I need to know what are the possible types of entrepreneur and decide what fits my style the best that will make me the most effective. And then the field, I need to know who are my competitors. So just like with auto engineering, you needed to know who are your competitors? Where should you work? Uh, what are the best clients? I need to do the same exact thing for entrepreneurship. And the same with co comedy. If I wanna transfer money engineering to comedy, oh, who, what are the best clubs to perform at? Who are the, who specifically are the owners or bookers of those clubs? Uh, how well should I get in touch with them? How should I impress them? Right. Um, I need to know the history of stand-up comedy. I need to know the history of investing, the history of entrepreneurship, uh, because I needed to know the history of audio engineering. Like, oh, there used to be people did audio engineering for eight-track tapes and then CDs and DVDs and now digital and MP3 and all that. This is rough, but I would say if you do those things, if you think about it in that way, that's the fastest way to be successful at X, where X could be right. anything. See, I feel like that's a big team right there. Like it's it's so like with the with skill domain and uh, field, I felt like the biggest team is like knowing your history. Yeah, for field, knowing the history is really important. So right. knowing, you know, uh, because like for every generation, you know, like uh, chess is a great example. So, and, and we were talking earlier about why it's no good to just play mindlessly over and over right, again. Right, right, right. So, so Bobby Fischer, when he was, I guess he was like 13 years old, he was a top young player, but he wasn't, he, he, he wasn't like standing out necessarily. He was a good player, but he wasn't standing out. So he quit for a year. He dropped out. And during that year, he studied every single game uh, for, played by professionals in the 1800s. And he came up with improvements on every single game. And then when right. he came back, he was playing these kind of boring openings because there were everyone's like, oh, these are just from the 1800s. They were everybody always thought those were very drawish, like you can't win with those openings. Right. But because he studied them and he came up with improvements, he started crushing everyone. He won the US championship like 12 to 0. And he just started crushing everyone. He also learned Russian so he could read Russian chess magazines because Russia was so much better. Oh, so wow. he learned he learned the history and he learned, um, you know, he said the Russians are the best players, so I'm going to learn their language. So, so he learned the language of the best players so he could study their stuff. That's studying the field. That's not improving his skills, right? His skills right. is his ability to see five moves ahead, his ability right, to, right, right. to have good play and strategy. But he learned the field. And the domain, the domain is, okay, I'm going to get good at playing in a tournament and the psychology of tournaments and stuff like that. The field specific, like I'm going to learn Russian. I'm going to study the games of Paul Morphy in, in the 1850s. The domain is, I'm going to get in, um, uh, you know, I'm going to play in these tournaments. You get a, a ranking and I'm going to move up in the ranking. And the skills are, you know, learning all the, how to play good chess.
Right. So I felt like there's something to unpack there too. Like, like how much do you want to win to, to willing to win, learn another language to just just to to learn? You know. Well, what it I mean? depends if you want to be successful or not. Yeah. And so I had this conversation with Anders Ericsson, who's the um, you know, the developer of the ten thousand hour rule, which says in t with ten thousand hours of practice, you can be a success. So he's known for 10,000 hours of violin, 10,000 hours of chess, and you uh, 10,000 hours of golf, and you'll be successful at those things. Right. But in those domains, there are metrics. Like with violin, are you playing first chair, second chair, or third chair in the orchestra? Chess, there's a ranking. Golf, you know, how much over par or under par uh, can you perform? Uh, you know, we discussed some metrics for audio engineering. Entrepreneurship, right, right, right. Uh, you know, it, it, the metrics could be number of customers or metrics could be how much your company is worth. So with comedy, he wanted to know what the metric was. Is it laughs per minute? Is it how much money you make? Is it whether you get more Netflix specials? So it was unclear because that's, that's a little unclear. But still, there's pick some metric or some set of metrics and you're either a success at those metrics or you're not. And so, yeah, maybe somebody wants to go up on stage once a year and that's good enough for them. They don't want to be a successful comedian but they right. just want they just enjoy it. it's like a hobby they want to go up once a year or audio engineering you know they know about it but it's not like they're going to they really want to make a career as a investment banker and then just on the hobby on the weekends do audio engineering you know so if you want to be a success you have to be a success in the field which and you know the the when the field is all about the metrics of success like here are the best competitors here's the right. best clubs to perform here are the top clients to work for for audio engineering in the field area, there's the metrics by which you define some sort of external success. In the field is where you care what people think of you. Right. So you think? Do you think feel it's more important out of that all that three? No, I know skills. Three, skills is more important. Wow. You cannot be you cannot be successful at anything if you don't have the skills. But you can't right. be successful either if you don't know the domain or the field. But at the very least, you have the the skills. The skills, right? Like so so. The skills sort of suggest anytime you want, you can start being successful at this. But if you just know the domain and field, you can't you can't be successful if you have no skills. Right. Like I could know everything about the domain of basketball and the field of basketball, but never be a good basketball player. But if I have the skills of the best basketball player in the world, then um, uh, I could just go to a, a professional team and say, "Look at me, I'm dunking every ball, and you're hired. They'll hire you." Right, but I felt like if you're successful, so if you're good at the, the field and domain of a basketball, you can be something else than a basketball player. Right, so you, what are your skills then? So like the example of Matthew Berry is really good. Like he loved sports, right? right? And let's just say he loved football. Well, he was 35 years old and he had been a writer for so many years. He wasn't really ready to be a professional offensive lineman uh, on in the NFL. Right. So he, but his skills were in writing. And in the domain, it's not just playing, there's being an agent, there's being a manager, there's being a coach, having a fantasy sports league. So he decided, you know what? I've looked at all of these. I understand all of these. I understand a lot about the, the, the NFL. I'm gonna be really into fantasy sports. And in the field, he, he said, okay, there's these 10 blogs about fantasy sports. Uh, there's no good writers. I have this skill in writing. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, take out the skills of playing football, but I'm going to move in the skills of writing and I'm going to take out the domain. Uh, I'm going to switch the domain from playing in football to playing fantasy sports. And in the field, 
I'm going to find all the bloggers who blog about fantasy sports. And I'm going to ask if I could blog for them. My ultimate goal is to be an anchor at ESPN and maybe build a company on fantasy sports. So that's how you combine. Right. So if you're an audio engineer, but you have, but you don't necessarily want to be the standard audio engineer. Cause that might be a big field and you right. want to get into something new. You, maybe you say, well, you know what? I have all these skills and understanding podcasting. So I'm going to replace the skills part of audio engineering with the skills of podcasting. And now I'm going to be a podcasting, knowing the skills of podcasting, but that, but knowing the domain and field of audio engineering, I'm going to be a successful audio engineer in podcasting. This is more like idea sex. It's like, right. I'm going to take the domain from one area field from another area and skills of another area. And now I can be uh, something unique. Right. So this is like, this is almost like, like the, the Scott Adam and James Autocher has a baby. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of like that. It's the, it's the idea sex of the talent stack and idea sex. Yeah. Uh, you like, still have the like, talent stack. Well, you take entrepreneurship. Like I might know the domain and field of podcasting really well, but maybe I have the skills of an entrepreneur, you know, maybe then I could say, I know the domain really well. So here's all the best podcasters. Here's the types of podcasting and so on. And I know the field very well. Like, okay, there's podcast distributors. There's podcast analytics companies. There's podcast networks. Uh, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna use my skills as an entrepreneur. I'm gonna use the domain of podcasting and I'm gonna look at the field of podcast networks and I'm gonna build a company that's the podcast, the best podcast network. Right. Yeah, see, I think this is very, very, very useful because like, so let's say if someone's at home, like kind of like stuck at like, okay, uh, I, I want to be a, a whatever marketing manager or whatever. And they're kind of stuck like, oh, I'm not good enough at this, but I'm good enough at this, at this. Now they should just start to think like, okay, maybe I shouldn't set my ideal so narrow only to see this thing. I should open up my view like, okay, you know, maybe I should call myself or I should change my narrative a little bit rather than just being the right. best, you know, salesman or whatever, I should be like the best in that field. Right. So, so for instance, let's take, cause you can really determine what your ideal career should be using this methodology. Now that, right. now that I think about it, let's take entrepreneurship. For example, I have the skills of an, of an entrepreneur. And I know this because I've started many companies. Uh, I've sold some of them. I've been a successful entrepreneur and I've also been on the boards of many companies. So again, that's part of the domain. I could be an entrepreneur. Uh, so the skills are all the skills we outlined before. Right. The, the domain is I could be an entrepreneur. I could be a board member. I could be invested in entrepreneurs or whatever. And the field is here's where I find programmers. Here's where I find venture capitalists. Here's the best entrepreneurs out there. Here's the companies that buy entrepreneurs. So now I have the skills of an entrepreneur, except for the fact that I'm not that good at following up not that social, like I don't really enjoy running into people in the morning and, and managing them. I'm not really <laughs> right, good at, right. I'm not confrontational. So right. I'm not, I don't really enjoy like confronting anybody. In particular, if you have a hundred employees, you're gonna have to have your whole day is confrontation. Right. So per perhaps I shouldn't be an entrepreneur. So if you take out the fact that I know a lot about entrepreneurship, but I'm not good at some of the social aspects. Well, now that I know the domain, I can also say, well, maybe I could be an investor. I'm swapping out the domain and the fields of entrepreneurship and I'm saying, okay, well, how do I find the, uh, the domain is, these are the criteria that make a good investment. How do I find right. investments? And the field is, uh, here's the people who I usually follow for investing. Here's how I find, uh, here's the conferences I go to, to find investing. Here's how I invest. Like I go on the stock exchange or I go on 
these exchanges where venture capitalists go and so on. So you could determine, ah, yeah, this is a better thing for me to be successful at if I want to be truly successful because I don't really want to learn. I'm not really passionate about learning the social skills of entrepreneurship, even though I have them. If I need them, I don't like it. Yeah, I have, man, I think it's so good because like, this is almost like you can kind of create like a side hustle from this as well. Like, so let's say if you're at home, right? Like you, you even if you're really happy or whatever, you're making a lot of money, you can still sit down and write down, you know, like the skill, feel, and domain, right? Just write it down and then write what you're good at in each one using yeah. what, well, how, and Yeah, when. what are you good at? Yep. What are the possibilities given that you're good at this? And yep. then what are the specific things in the field that yep. will uh, enable you to either make money or or have fame or have what you consider success? Field is more how you can measure success. Skills right. are so you could get success and domains in the middle to kind of connect you between the skills and the field. Yeah, see, once you write it down and then you, it, it's like math, right? It's like S plus Y plus Z equals to question marks, right? So let's say you just, just replace any one of them, your question marks always change. Yeah. So let's say if you're really, really, like like you said, if you're right now, you really, you know, you're a successful, uh, you know, entrepreneur, you have a, a startup, you have a good amount of money. You're like, okay, I'm really good at all this thing. Maybe I can swap out one thing and become an investor. And at this, so now you have two things going on in life rather than just one. Right. Well, but also you might have the skills of entrepreneurship, but now you need to know the domain and the field of investing. So for instance, I might be a good entrepreneur, but if I want to be an investor, let's go to the field for a second. I need to read the history of investing. I need to, right. more important than the domain of entrepreneurship, I need to know, well, do I invest with options? Do I invest with stocks? Do I invest in private companies? Like, uh, uh, I, I'm a good, so, so what's the best thing in the domain for me, given that I'm the best at entrepreneur, the skills of entrepreneurship, I might not be the best at the skills of investing, but right. I'm so good at the skills of entrepreneurship. So, so, but I'm not, I don't have like the skill of day trading for instance. Right. So, so it might be the case then, okay, knowing all the possibilities of the domain of investing, not the domain of entrepreneurship, but the domain of investing. Oh, okay. I could invest in entrepreneurs by investing in private companies or venture uh, backed companies now. And then the field is, I actually might need to have the field of entrepreneurship rather than the field of investing. Well, I need a little bit of both maybe, cause I need to know uh, how to find investments, but I also, but, but more importantly, I need to know how to sell companies. I need to use my skills as an entrepreneur to help these people sell companies and, and so on. It depends right. on what type of investor. Am I passive or active? Am I going to be on sitting on the board or am I just blindly investing? In which case it's better to know the, the field of investing. This is such a good life anchor too, because like if you you know write all this down, you can clearly see what you're good at, what you're bad at, or what what you want to do. And also, you know, after you write everything down, you sort of like, okay, this is all the possibilities I can do. Now I know what I need to learn next. And now exactly, this is a a good roadmap. And people don't think this right. way, so they're well, like, yep. so they think, oh, I want to get good at basketball. I'll just play a lot and I'll get better. No, that's not how it works. And then somebody says, okay, well, I'll get a coach and I'll get better. Okay, you might get great at basketball, but then what's next? Do I play in the street? Do I go to the NBA? Do I go to another? Like then you have to know to actually do it professionally, you need to be good at the field and 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 again, good at the domain. So uh, to, to be able to do something, like again, if I was, let's say the best stand-up comedian in the world, but I'm just like hanging out, telling jokes in my apartment, 
that's no good for me. I need yeah. to know, oh, let's go to a local comedy club and here's what I need to know in order to get booked by the comedy club. And then the field, of course, is a much bigger expansion of that. I wonder if that also can sort of map out how you should learn as well. Exactly, because, well, let's say, let's take skills for a second. There's no one skill, stand-up comedy, but right. like I said, there's uh, humor, likability, crowd work, and so on. So you list the sub-skills and you ask, how do I get good at crowd work? Well, maybe every time I'm in an elevator, I try to make the other people in the elevator laugh. Uh, right. How do I get good at telling a joke? Well, uh, maybe I watch some comedians and you know learn about punchlines and you know start writing every day and practice those skills. How do I get good at likability? Well, you talk to your friends and and you act in different ways and you see which makes you more likable or not. Uh, anyway, I'm just making this up, but this is maybe right, right, right. you know you you have to list the sub skills now. Domain. How do I act? What do I do next? How do I actually get booked on a stage? And so if you get really good at that, you could perform all over town. But if you don't really know the field, you're going to see, oh my God, my, my this guy who's not as good as me just got a Netflix special. How do I get that? Now you have to know the field. You have to know also, you have to know every comedian out there and say, oh, he's got this style. It's going well. He's got this style. It's going well. He's got this style. He's really funny, but it's he's not getting professional success because he's a little politically incorrect. Uh, so that's how you know the field and what you need to do to be successful in the field. So it is a roadmap to success if you break it down in these three ways. Right. So, so and let, let's think about now if this connects to how do I know if I'm successful just as a human being? Right. And so the skills of being a human being are, you you know, anybody can make stuff up here, but let's, I'll say my definition, everyone can have a different definition, but are you physically healthy? If you're physically healthy, that's a good first step of being, you know, successful as a human being. You have, you have, you're given this body and if it's sick, that seems less successful than if it's healthy. If I'm in good relationships as opposed to bad relationships, that seems more successful. If I'm right. very creative versus not being so creative and, you know, creativity, every event in history that we know about was done because of some creative act. So creativity seems important and having some sense of spirituality, meaning, I'm trying hard not to waste too much energy on regret and I'm trying too hard not to waste too much energy on anxiety. So that's like spiritual health, you know, and then along with that are things like, Oh, do I have good friends? Well, that's part of relationships. So I have good friends. Right, right, right. And then, and then, um, if I have creativity, I have, uh, that probably means I'm improving at something because every time I'm more and more creative, I'm improving right. at something. So all these things that this seems to be foundational, this foundational skills to success as a human. Well, what's the domain of being human? Well, okay, I'd like to have a, a wife or a husband and I want to have good kids and I might decide I want to have a good career or I might want to decide I want to have a, a very minimalist lifestyle. So this is the domain. These are the kinds of human I could be. And right. then the field uh, of being human is, you know, maybe, you know, money you need or, or, uh, again, you can, I don't know, I guess this is a little complicated on the individual level. What's the field of being human? Right. Like, like what about living comfortably? Like you might not need a lot of stuff, like as long as you, you're not stressing about anything, right? Certainly it seems if you know the field, let's say the field of being human is, okay, here are all the colleges I could go to. Here are all the companies I could work for. Here are all the possible careers here's some metrics to judge success, whether it's money or fame. So that's like the field. And the domain is, this is a house. 
This is a wife. These are babies. Right. <laughs> These are the kind. Uh, some people have a career. Some people don't. Some people are famous. Right. Some people are, that's like the domain of human. And then those foundational skills I mentioned. All right. Now, if you don't have those foundational skills, it doesn't matter if you know the domain or field. So you always need the foundational skills. But if all you are is healthy, have some good friends, you're creative and you're not anxious, you'll probably have a pretty enjoyable life, but you might not be super famous or have a lot of money or, or impress a lot of people. You might not be successful in that sense, but you could, you could judge success if you're simply just good at the skills of being human. Right. You know, like how, how, uh, you know, like we actually talked about before, like mentioned before, like how like fields kind of tie into history. Like I wonder if there's any history, like, like we should know, or we could like follow or copy, you know what I mean? It's important to know history because that can help you. And again, a field is also more about what other people think of you, but, right. um, Here's why reading history is in the field section. So let's take this last mm. election. Everyone said this election is the most important election in all of history. And then if you go to newspapers.com and you search the phrase most important election in all of history, you see that ever since 1800, every single election said this was the most important election in all history. So if you know the field of human discourse, like, okay, I'm going to argue with people on Twitter and Facebook, and but they're all telling me it's the most important election in human history. Maybe they're right. It's interesting to know the, to read the history and see, oh, they're just saying the same thing everyone's been saying for 200 years. They obviously don't know their history, and I do. And right. there's a good chance they're wrong because everybody always says this. And I don't even really need to argue with them. It's just a stupid argument. So, right, right. so knowing the history allows you not to repeat it. You, you won't say this is the most important election in all history because... People have been saying, and I know the history of the election of 1860. I know the history of the election of 1800. And so I can think of other elections and that's pleasurable too. Man, I felt like knowing the history also make you a less angry person. Yeah, because then you, again, you don't repeat the mistakes. Right. People say, if you're not outraged, then you're not doing enough for the rights of people. Right. But understanding, having a good solid basis in the skills, like let's say your emotional relationships, you would know that people who are outraged, who are angry and upset, tend to not make the best decisions. That's yep. just millions of research have been shown that if you're angry or, or afraid or outraged, you're not gonna make optimal decisions. Also, they leave like shorter life, right? Or something? Yeah, so, so understanding, so let's say I wanna be, you know, some sort of activist. I will know with, by knowing the history of activism, but also having the skills of emotional health that, oh, what they just said doesn't sound like that will make me a successful activist. It's not outrage. It's, you know, understanding logically what is going wrong, what are possible solutions and how to execute on those solutions rather right. than just screaming in the streets and looting and stuff like right. that. So this is not, by the way, I'm not saying anything against the protests that are happening now, this, you know, there are some people there who are logical, reasonable, rational, Martin Luther King, logical, reasonable, rational. He understood being outraged wasn't the most effective way to have protests. So out of all the potential Martin Luther Kings out there, many of them were outraged and he wasn't. And that's why he became the most successful in history at fighting for equal rights. So again, thinking in terms of skills, domain field would help someone even become, you know, a, a better activist or a better congressman or a better debater. Like right. if someone starts yelling at you, 
take a step back and say, what are we really arguing about? Like we're supposed to be having a debate, not an angry argument. And again, it'll make you a more effective debater and questioner and even more curious about solutions if you're not outraged and clouded by outrage. And usually when, you, when, you, when you're outraged or angry, you often say the wrong stuff too. Yeah, or like let's say you're afraid of something. You could also know, oh, but this isn't the best time for me making a decision. Like let's say I just lost my job and my uncle has always been asking me to work in his accounting firm and I'm scared, so I just call him up and say, yes, I'll work in your accounting firm. That might not have been a good way to make that decision because I was scared. And again, right. being a successful human, knowing skills, domain, field would help me to make a better decision in that case. Man, I felt like what people should do is they actually should write down their own version of, you know, like like skill, domain, and feel, and then they should just tweet at you and then, you know, like you, you should see them. Yeah, no, or put it on like an image and take a snapshot of it and... Um, just write it, yeah. you know? Cause, uh, cause, uh, uh, yeah, or, or you know, write it down on a, a pad and then take a screenshot because it might be too much for the, too many characters for the tweet. Right. Yeah. Because then, then you know, you will have enough data to sort of like, like, like sort of fine tune it. Yeah. You know. You know. Like the first time you write it, maybe not as good. You know. Like you, if you write it ten times, you know, then then you then you would really know what you should do next. You know. You know, it's like after when we've done podcasts about chess, like after the TV show The Queen's Gambit, like. Right. This is a very uh, clear one. Like the skills, let's say people watch the Queen's Game and they're like, I want to get better. So the skills are, of course, understanding like how the moves work and, and how to see a few moves ahead, understanding how the game opens up, understanding strategies in the middle of the game, understanding the end game. So those are the skills. Right. And then the domain is, well, I could play in tournaments now or I could play online. I could, I could maybe write about my experiences, learning do a podcast, interviewing chess players. This is the domain. And then the field, if I decide oh, I'm going to be a player, the field is, okay, I'm going to get Chess Life magazine. I'm going to see all the tournaments that are listed. Uh, here's how the rating system works. Here's the big tournament. And if I want to be, get a master's ranking. So that's the field. So again, no matter what you want to learn or succeed at, one way or the other, you have to directly attack skills, directly attack domain, directly attack Field. And I see it in every industry I've ever been in. And I've been in a, a lot of different industries. The people who are good at only skills or only good at domain or only good at field, they never hit success. Right. Chess is a great example. There are people who play in Washington Square Park in New York City all day long, and they have great skills. They would be a great tournament player. Uh, they might be even grandmaster level, like they're so good. But they're just playing in the park and they're homeless because they never understood the right. domain in the field. It's not like right. people are going to, no one, and this is related to the choose yourself. No one's just going to go to the park and say, oh my God, you're amazing. I'm going to make you the number one chess player in the world. That's, that's never happened ever. If someone says to a kid, hey, you're really funny. You should go on this TV show. That never really happens. Or, right. or if it does, it's extremely rare. Like no one's just going to bless you with being the the best in the world unless you yourself know the domain and the history and the field and, and all this all these things. I mean, it's almost like a journal that you have to journal almost every week. Yeah, because like it to, could change to too. Improvements. Yep. Because here's the thing too. Let's say you want to be successful and you think at the beginning success is this. Well, after you've learned for two years, you might realize, ah, you know, when I didn't know anything, I thought success was X. But actually, now that I've been doing it for years, it turns out success is actually, you know, ABC instead of XYZ. Like as you learn more, your definition, you know, like for instance, 
before Bobby Fischer learned Russian, he didn't know at all that his actual goal was to learn certain strategies that the Russians had already mastered. He didn't even know those strategies existed. Right. Yeah, that, that, that that's so valuable because like, you know, like your definite, your, 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 your success definition change based on how much you know about the field and industry. Right. The, so, the domain. so people always ask me like, well, what are your goals? You can't really know your goals because as your every day you improve, your goals might change every single right. day because you understand, oh, the goal I had before, that was in, an inaccurate goal. For instance, if my goal was to make a billion dollars, well, as I learn more about field and domain of money, I might realize, oh, what did I need a billion dollars for? I could pay for everything I want with much less. And so, so your, your, your understanding of all your goals might change. Or if your goal is to be a famous actor, you might realize, oh, I just really love acting. And the more fame I get, I seem to be kind of unhappy or anxious. Again, then this is related to, you always, the first thing is you always have to have your foundational human skills. And if your relationships are getting worse, and you're anxious, it might change your goals. I, I felt like now is like the best time to do it right now too, because like, you know, I'm I'm sure a lot of people are working from home right now, and also you know, like you know, some people might lose their job, so they might have a little bit more time on hand. This is something that you can control. You can actually take a paper and write down what you're good at. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because you could take anything. So I was on a podcast yesterday. It was with this guy from the stand-up comedy world. He used to not only perform a lot, but he also booked a lot of shows at Caroline's, which is the one of the most successful comedy clubs ever. You know, we've had Caroline Hirsch on this podcast before. So I was on Ray Gutz's podcast. And during this pandemic time, you can't perform comedy really, particularly in New York City is all closed. So he looked at other things he was interested in. And he's like, oh, well, I've, I'm interested in movies and specifically all the Disney movies, which include Disney movies, Pixar movies, Marvel movies, Star Wars movies. And so he's doing every single episode, he analyzes a different Disney owned movie. And so I was on the podcast because we had just watched WALL-E and he wanted to not only with me analyze the movie WALL-E, but also relate it to the, my article about New York City being dead and how the parallels between that article and what's happening in WALL-E, which you know, I'm not, this is not a spoiler, but Wally starts off with the earth just being this heap of trash with nothing alive on it. So this is a case where he decided, okay, I've got these comedy skills, but I also, this is related to this fact that this podcast is called my favorites. You know, it's not just one category you have your favorites in. Right. He listed his favorite Disney movies. Okay. Now, given that he listed it, what's a, what are, what's the domain? Because he has his experience with the domain of comedy, he understands the domain of comedy. You can share content through a podcast, through a TV show, by giving a talk about it, which is the equivalent of stand-up comedy, by writing a book, and all these things. And he decided, using his skills of comedy, the domain for sharing information about his favorite Disney movies would be a podcast. Just like Matthew Berry wanted to share his love for sports in blogging. He looked at the domain of how he can use sports and blogging was a viable part of that domain. And then it's the field of, okay, well, what do I name the podcast? Are there any podcast competitors out there doing this? If so, well, how can I make, make it switch so that I'm a little different? And so the way he does that is by having people like me on to help him analyze and to relate it to other things happening in the real world, as opposed to right. just breaking down scene by scene um, each movie. He relates it to things in the, the real world. So it becomes 
So he, and he even said to me, it's like, you know, part Joe Rogan, part, and he named some podcast that's just about movies. So he understands the field. So he's able to combine ideas from different podcasts. Right. And so, so that was how he survived and thrived because podcast is doing very well. That's how he survived and thrived when he couldn't do his first choice field, which was stand-up comedy, but he had the skills of it. And by listing his favorites, by looking at his, every time we list our favorites, that there, there is a domain that we can make money and do something right. in. So if I list my favorite baseball players, maybe I can write a book, the top 10 baseball players of all time, or, right. um, you know, whatever, I do, do fantasy baseball or something, or maybe I can gamble on it. Who knows? We had that, uh, the gambling guy on a few weeks oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Adelman. Yeah. His name, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so that's why this is so understanding things in terms of, uh, skills field domain is like, let's say I am, uh, my skills are as an, an entrepreneurship. And now I'm listening to this podcast and I'm going to, I'm going to write my favorites, my favorite, um, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, my favorite books. Uh, well, uh, now, you know, the, the domain of entrepreneur, how do I combine what's the domain of entrepreneurship with books? Maybe I create a new kind of e-reader. Maybe I uh, create the company Blinkist, which summarizes all my favorite books. Maybe I create an online bookseller, which is cheaper than Amazon. Maybe I become a book reviewer. Maybe I write a book like there becomes also, or maybe I, um, help like I do what Tucker Max did. He had skills right. as a writer and now he created a publishing company that helps other people who aren't writers write their first book. So that that's understanding the domain and then understanding the field. Uh, uh, I can combine entrepreneurship with whatever my favorites list is. Right. Right. That I think that's, that's, that, that, that's very useful. It's kind of crazy. Like how we, we just started talking about this. Do you, do you have that three things already in mind? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, about, you know, because, because I've had to get good, like, look, we're right. We're making a business right now. We're, we're making, um, a, a podcast software business, kind of like the software we're using right now to talk to each other and record this podcast. And right. so first of all, I have skills as a podcaster. So I know everything that I need. I've been doing podcasting for so long. I know everything right. I need for, as a podcaster. And so the domain is having the skills helps me with the domain. So the domain, I need good audio quality, good video quality, right. good chat. Maybe I need uh, a soundboard in the software itself because I know I need a good audio engineer and you, the audio engineer, are telling me you would like a soundboard and right, some right, other right. things. And I also have the skills of entrepreneurship, so I, I know how to ask these things about what, what I need. Now, the domain is, okay, do I make podcast do I make my own podcast software? Do I sell or do I share ideas with Zoom? Do I write articles about what I need in podcast software? Well, since I also have skills as an entrepreneur, I decide I'm going to make my own podcast software. Now the field is who are my competitors? What are they up to? Why haven't they done what I want to do? Because obviously any good podcaster is going to want to do right. what I want to do. By the way, I don't really need to validate the idea because I'm the one who would use the software at the very least. Right. And I know right. I'm a good podcaster. Knowing the field means, okay, well, why wasn't this made 10 years ago? Why wasn't this made 20 years ago? Well, that's the history of bandwidth on the internet. Yep. And then what I do is, I, why didn't Zoom make this? Well, I can look at the resumes of the top programmers at Zoom and I can look at the job listings. What kind of programmers are Zoom 
is Zoom looking for? So then I could see what features they're probably using my experience in podcasting and in software. I could see what features they're probably doing in the next version of their software and see if it competes with me and how much time I have to make my software. Knowing the field is also which companies am I going to distribute with? Should I call up Time Warner or AT&T and say, hey, let's, um, you know, stream your shows or, or should I call up the best podcast? I know all the best podcasters. I say, hey, try this out. I know the venture capitalists. Hey, try this out. I know the p companies buying podcast software companies so I could contact them. So, you know, this is where I'm combining the skills, domains, fields of podcasting and, and entrepreneurship, but using that approach is the best way to, to develop a product. Yeah. See, like now that you mentioned it, I don't know if this is relevant, but writing all that down, you can also know what's your unfair advantage. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, right. Because I, it might be the case that if I look at the resume, for instance, if I look at the resumes of one of the top podcasting software companies, I could say, hmm, there's a lot of people who are good at data crunching, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of people good at uh, making audio, uh, you know, who are right. audio experts on on their resumes. And uh, so I could have a, an unfair advantage by hiding, hi hiring good programmers who are not just good at like internet programming, but good at like systems programming. Right. Uh, you can also look at like what's your your own unfair advantage in terms of like, okay, I actually, I know this skill that I intentionally learn like a long time ago. It's just like Steve Jobs, right? That's how, because he learned, uh, he took the calligraphy. Yeah, class. calligraphy, right. Yeah. So he had an unfair advantage by, he knew he was a better designer yeah. of of things than the, the Bill UI. Gates, for instance. Yep. Yeah. And and I can look at all the podcast software companies. And I can say, oh, none of the founders are podcasters. So I have yeah. an unfair advantage there. Um, uh, you know, it's like, it's like Maria Konnikova when she was doing poker, she saw that, you know, most poker players didn't have PhDs in psychology or, or hadn't written books about Sherlock Holmes. So she figured out what aspects of those skills yeah. could make her um, uh, more skillful in poker. And right. uh, uh, that gives her an unfair advantage. And, and, and that guy, remember that guy, Chris, um, the, he was a, a comedian who also was very good at oh. freestyle rapping. Chris. Turner. Turner, yep. Yeah, so... He had an unfair advantage because he had all the skills of comedy and then a few skills. He wouldn't have been a successful rapper, maybe. Maybe he would have, I'm not saying, but maybe he decided he had all the skills of a successful comedian and he had he threw in the skill of rap, which nobody else had. And he knows that no one else has because he studied the, the, the domain and the field. And so that gives, you, you, you still need to know the domain and field to know what your unfair advantage is in the skills level. Because right. he had to know out of all the rappers out there in the field, does anyone else rap? And the answer was no. So he knew that this would this would help him skip the line like straight to the top. Right. Well, so so I'm going to use your favorite line. So for everyone that's sitting at a home that work from nine to five, what should they do right now? Yeah, well, list what you want to be successful at. So you want to be successful as a hedge fund manager. You want to be successful as a a stand-up comedian or a writer, right? Um, list what skills you have in writing. Um, list the domain of writing. So uh, again, the domain is what can you do with your skills? You could be a screenplay writer, you could be a novelist, you could be a short story writer. And you know which one of these seems to um, your skills seems to match the best. Right. Uh, uh, you know, like for me, entrepreneurship. I had all the skills, but 
the domain involves being, if I want to be a CEO, the domain involves being uh, very social, which is not me. So I have to, you know, reconsider. Uh, and then for the field, list all the things that, the very specific things, like if you want to be a short story writer, who are the short story writers out there? Where do they publish short stories? What publishing companies publish collections of short stories? What websites maybe publish collections of short stories or, or individual short stories like fanfiction.net? Right. Um, and so that's the field. So that's the exercise you could do. And then you could say, then you go back and do it again, but now add to your skills if there's any skills that might be able to be combined with writing. Like if you happen to know a lot about um, podcasting, maybe uh, uh, write about podcasting. Or maybe if you love horror novel, if you if you have a skill thinking of horror novel plots, write a horror novel plot about a podcaster. And so, and then you go back to the domain and the field. And you could keep iterating over this. Right. And and for people that, that don't do know what their, their passion is or they have no idea what to do or whatever, I felt like for, for those people like me, <laughs> like I think they should just list down what, are their existing skills, what are their existing domain and what's their existing field, and then they can sort of start doing puzzle that way and see what you can do. Right. Like so Jay, like you majored in audio engineering or right, right, right? right. so so this was a domain this was an, an industry you were already in. But right. maybe you're maybe you're passionate about it. Maybe you were passionate about it. Maybe you're in the process of switching passions, but you could list what are the you know you could also say, here are the skills of audio engineering and here's what, here, here's what I have, here's what I don't. Right. Here's the domain of audio engineering and here are the things I've done, here are the things I haven't. Here's the field of audio engineering. So here's uh, the, the history, here's the, um, all the places where the best audio engineering is, right. blah, blah, blah. You could, you could see what you know and what you don't know. And you could decide, well, do I want to be a success at audio engineering? Do I want to learn these skills I don't know yet? Do I want to um, explore the domain parts of the domain. I don't know yet. Do I want to work right. at the best place? And if you don't, then you could say, okay, well, where can I, what else am I interested in? List the skills, domain field, and then throw in the audio engineering skills into all three of those things and see how it changes those things. Yeah. Like, like what's, what's the, what's the skills field, uh, what's the skills domain field of an, of, of uh, an audio engineer who is interested in podcasting? What's the, and, and so on, you combine them. Right, I have to clarify. I'm, I'm not saying that I don't have any passion anymore. I felt I just I just saying that like I've been doing audio engineering for so long. Like, if what if I want to change passions? Like, not change passion, uh, in the sense that like the whole passion is more like, what other new things that I can do in audio engineering? Well, like you know, and and but that yeah. this is totally how to do it. So like, yeah. for instance, when I switched from, um, you know, let's let's say whatever my passion was in 2014, right. and. Uh, and I, I got on stage and did comedy and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Well, now what do I do? What do I do next? Well, I have to list, the, here, this is stand-up comedy. I have to list the skills, domain, field, and then figure out a plan to get good at each one of those things. And that's yeah. how you get good at your, that's how you switch passions. It's that yeah. simple. Let's say like right now, I want to be a, a podcast software entrepreneur and I'm switching from whatever I'm doing before, you know, comedy, whatever, writing, um, I, I have to list the skills. What's the, the skills of a podcasting entrepreneur? Uh, what's the domain of a, a podcasting entrepreneur? Like, meaning what are all the types of ideas I can have to be an entrepreneur in the podcasting space? And what's the field? Who are the competitors? Who are the buyers? Who are the customers? Right. And so on like that. So that then I can say, okay, 
I can do this. I understand. I understand the skills domain field very well. I can get better at this really quickly and be a success at it. I think. I hope. Yeah, and also like you, like you know, sometimes sometimes you do something for so long, you sort of you sort of forgot forget how to grow too. You know. Yeah. You know, like sometimes you know some people if they just keep doing the same thing over and over, they are like, ah, yeah, this is why I do. You know, like they 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 don't think about growing themselves. Like this is a perfect way. To help yourself grow. Well, I think this is the skills domain field of being a human. So, right. am I still creative, for instance, in that sense? Right. Am I still not so? Am I am I still working on my anxiety and my regret? I don't want to have any regrets. Like, oh, I should have got. I'm a, like Matthew Berry says. Oh, I'm a Hollywood screenwriter, but will I have regrets if I don't do something related to sports? Uh, Maria Konnikova is a PhD in psychology, but will I have regrets if I don't try poker? So, right. so, and that's the spiritual health and, um, or, or I'm married to so-and-so. Will I have regrets if I don't marry so-and-so or be whatever, <laughs> or I haven't, I'm not really in good health. Should will I have regrets if I don't start exercising now? So right. there's a, always the basic foundational skills of human. And then part of that is the domain is here's all the things I can do. Am I really fit to do audio engineering? Or maybe now I'm ready to do, uh, I have another interest. I'm ready to do podcasting. And then there's the field, which is, here's all the successful people in history. Were they, did they stick to one thing or did they do many things? Like, look, right. uh, you know, Steve Jobs uh, did many things. Like he made the world's best microcomputer and then he made the world's best phone and then he made the world's best uh, uh, music and video media player. Like, do you know he made a uh, world best animation studio too? Yeah, Pixar. Pixar, yeah. Yeah. So he had many interests, and believe me, with Pixar, he studied the history of the movie and just, what, he figured out what are his skills in the movie business. That's why he said, you know what? I'm not an animator, so I better hire John Lasseter. Right. And uh, I'm not, um, I've got a lot of things going on. So even though I know how to run a company, I better hire Ed Catmull to be the CEO because he can handle the day-to-day the -day running of the business. And the domain is like, okay, I'm going to make movies and you know, I, I know uh, the basics of plot and stuff like that. And so he hired people who to write his movies. And then the field is, well, I'm competing against Disney and uh, DreamWorks and uh, here's the technologies that are coming out about animation. And I know I'm really good at that. So my unfair advantage in this business is that I know technology really well. Right. And uh, so that goes back to the skills. And I need to win some awards at big movie festivals. So that's part of the field. And I also know uh, who, how to sell a company and, how to, and who to call and, and so on. So he sold to Disney for $6 billion. So Yeah. And then, and then he get hired back <laughs> in Apple. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was before he even sold Pixar. He got hired yeah. back at Apple. So he was very good with the skills domain field of entrepreneurship. By the way, after he left Apple the first time, he started, he used his skills domain field to start Next Computer, uh, which was like a really, think of it as like a super advanced Macintosh. We use that right. skill. And the domain, he's like, well, I could sell this to consumers, but I also know I can sell this to universities. So he focused on that domain first. And the field was, okay, well, uh, 
uh, here are the universities that, that probably need this are the best computer science departments. And here are the companies that maybe need this. And by the way, Apple's in trouble. I, I know the field very well. So and I know Apple very well. So I'll sell next computer back to Apple and take over that company again. Yeah. And that's the, that's part, that's, that's also part of the reason why he got hired back, right? Because of the, because Apple's Mac was suffering. Yeah. I mean, Apple was, uh, Apple was like $3 a share. Gil Emilio was the last CEO before they bought back, uh, before they bought next computer. And, uh, I, I met Gil in like 1996 or 1995, Whoa. no, 1994 maybe. And I remember Apple was all the way down to like $3 a share. Everyone thought it was going to go bankrupt. They had a million different product lines that none of them were selling very well. It just wasn't a very good computer anymore. So Steve jobs, because of his not only skills with computers and entrepreneurship, but specifically with Apple and his understanding of the domain in the field, he took over, he cut all the product lines down to like three or four main product lines yep. and built up from that. And he's, he had a very good understanding that he needed to know skills, domain field, or at least know what he didn't know so he could outsource. So he wasn't the best programmer in the beginning, or no, he wasn't the best computer manufacturer in the beginning, so he hired Steve Wozniak. He wasn't right. the best you know, animator, but he knew a lot about animation. So he hired John Lasseter. So as long as you can either, you need to know what you don't know, and then you need to outsource to the best in order to be successful also. So there's lots of ways to use this framework. Right. Wow. I felt like that, 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 that's what people like the, your listeners should do first is like, look at your life and then start writing all that down. Well, you could look at your life and you could also, you could look at your existing area where you where you're your existing hierarchy where you're trying to be a success in and then you could also figure out what's the hierarchies you want to be a success in and list the skills domain field and then you could see if you can combine them or what you have to learn if you want to use them or what you have to outsource so that's interesting too is that then you either have something you have to learn something you outsource something or you combine something right or you don't do it so there's yeah. like those five choices so like for instance entrepreneurship i'm not going to be the best manager in right. the world. Right. So I'm just not going to do it. So I have to find ways to be an entrepreneur. If I'm going to be an entrepreneur or use that skill set, I have to find a domain and field that allow me to use the skills I want to have in entrepreneurship. Right. right. And then if I already have those skills, it's great. Or I have to learn them or I have to outsource for them. Yeah. I feel like usually outsource for me, I think outsource is probably better because you, I remember that the podcast we talk about energy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The the top tens, um, the the the, the life lessons, energy. Because you outsource it, then you you just you just need less energy to learn. Right. So that was energy. in the Stephen Kotler uh, podcast, right. "The Art of Impossible." But the the trick there is you have to understand if outsourcing is going to cause more energy than it's worth. Right. So so if you're an entrepreneur but you don't like being a CEO, you could hire a CEO. But if the CEO, if you're not so good at hiring and the CEO is not so good, you're going to spend a lot more energy than if you had just been the CEO. Right. So right. you have to make sure what are the what are the skills for hiring a good CEO is you have to be able to not be persuaded by a smooth talker and right. and so on. Like a, a, you know, the Apple's board hired a you know the wrong CEO for instance. Right. They they hired a, a uh, yeah he the 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 CEO was. Just a, just a marketing agency CEO. So right? John John Scully, who's who replaced Steve Jobs as CEO, he was the marketing manager at uh, he was the head of marketing for Pepsi. Pepsi, yep. And Steve Jobs, he 
didn't necessarily, because he was the CEO, he didn't really have experience hiring a CEO. So he, so, and John Scully by definition, cause he's a good marketer was good at, you know, being a smooth CEO looking yeah, guy. Right. What Steve jobs was really great at was persuasion. So he has the famous line. He said to John Scully, um, you know, do you want to change the world or do you want to sell sugared water? And you know, that convinced John Scully to switch from Pepsi to Apple. Right. Man, so many new skills to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, for everybody listening, this was an, a little bit offbeat of, of my favorite things, but it's important to know that even if you have a, that, that, that if you have a list of favorite things, whether it's your favorite books, your favorite heroes, your favorite politicians, your favorite businesses, your, your favorite TV sitcoms, there's always lessons to be learned from them. But more importantly, or just as importantly, there's always a way you can change passions to do things related to your favorite things and, and maybe make money at it. Yeah. I think that's uh, the, the first thing all the listeners should do. And also, uh, thanks for listening to the very first episodes of Jay Pondering. No, I'm yeah. just joking. Well, well, all credit to Jay for turning on the record. We were just randomly talking and Jay started recording. So all credit to Jay for creating this podcast. Thank you, Jay. You, you're, you. you're not just an audio engineer. Now you've grad, you just graduated a level of to being a senior producer. At first you were an assistant producer, then a junior producer. Now you're a senior producer. No, 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 no. At first you, you picked me up, you know, from a street when well, I didn't first, know any Chinese. Right. You didn't know any Chinese. You were just, you were just a runner for big heroin dealers. <laughs> and, and I was saying, you know, Ni Hao, you could do better than this. <laughs> That's 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 the true story of Jay's origin story. <laughs> All right, thanks James. All right, see you later. Bye. See ya.